Amen. All right, here we go. So, Carmel, you were here first. So the first question is uh, why you went and why Christians should go. Why you went. So that's mean, So you'll get to tell them where you, where you went this summer okay. and then what you're up to and why you think it's important people should go. Okay. First off, let me just say that I'm really excited to be able to share my story with y'all on why I go, why I need mission trips. It's so important. Um, I kind of think my why I went and why Christians should go kind of is the same thing. We're all called. We're all called to go. As he read about the hands and the feet, it's one of the, the uh, famous verses, to be in his hands and feet, uh, making disciples of all the, all the world. Um, but there's so many more verses in the Bible that tell us to go. Not, not that that great commission is, is wonderful, but there's so much more that he tells us in the Bible. And as we read his word, it's important that we do it, that we act on it. We act, I believe, out of it's a, his, his call is a command, not a suggestion. And it's very important that y'all understand that. Is it hard? Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Yes. He knows this, but he is with you the whole way during your call as you step out in faith. So I went to Romania, the border of Romania and Ukraine, to help with the uh, Ukrainians that are being run out of their country. Um, kind of an interesting story on how I got to Romania. Yeah. I was supposed to go with these two beautiful ladies to Brazil. Um, and every time I, I'm thinking about a mission trip or a, a disaster relief um, trip, I pray. That's the most important thing. You've got to have that vertical connection going there. That's good. To, um, to be able to hear what God has for you, to be able to hear his voice. Yes, yes, go in my name. So I got that vertical connection going, and I wasn't getting the confirmation from him. I, I was just like, but I want to go in your name, you know? Here I am. Let me go. Let me go, you know? And, uh, but I wasn't getting it. I wasn't getting it, and so I told Michael, I said, man, I just don't think I'm supposed to go on this trip, and I don't understand why. Well, a month into it, I get an email from the Southern Baptist Convention uh, disaster relief leader here in Texas, and, and that's who I, I am affiliated with them um, and send relief, and he asked me if I would really be praying about going um, and serving yeah. in Romania at the border of Ukraine. And I'm like, well, when are the dates? And he told me. And it was the same two <laughs> weeks that I was, that they're going to Brazil. And right. I dropped to my knees, I prayed, and immediately I got that confirmation. Wow. Yes, this is where I need you. This is where you will glorify me the most. And, and let me tell you, um, I think all Christians need to step out in faith. And, but, but you've got to, like I said before, get that vertical connection, the vertical connection of the cross. Uh, I hope everyone knows. Or I, Well, I'm just going to tell you. Uh, the vertical connection <laughs> is your connection with God. That's good. Him talking to you. You talking to him, you hearing his word. The horizontal is your connection with man. Um, and I believe that, that word, the vertical is so important before you can do the horizontal. You, you've got to know that's 
God's will for you. He's made us all to go and do his will. Uh, it may not be halfway around the world like we went. Um, it could be right across the street right here in Arlington, Texas. I've been to Haiti many times. I've been to uh, Indonesia. I've been to Brownsville. I've been to Houston. And I've been right here yeah. in Arlington, Texas. That's good. So, uh, you know, it, it just that's just so important. Uh, that's kind of why I went and why I think Christians need to go as well. Well, I can't wait to hear what happened on your trip uh, in the moment when we get to the second set. I think she's got a mic. But what I love, Carmel, what you said was is we need to think about it as not optional, right? right? And then the other thing, to, and, and not in a legalistic kind of way, it's just it's an opportunity. But then the other thing is, Life gets in the way, and sometimes, sometimes things don't work the way that you think, even when you feel like you're in the midst of his will. And so I don't know about you, but like life rarely ever goes the way that I think it should, even on mission trips. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, Mickey, same to you. Why do you think it's important for Christians to go? Well. There you go. Okay. There we go. Um, well. I believe it's important for Christians to go because not only God does command, but it helps us grow. It mm. helps us be a part of everything that God wants us to be. And I got to tell you, my, my experience was different than theirs. And it was really funny. God really knows me <laughs> because Sarah and I, when we first got there, she was supposed to go where I was going, and I was supposed to go where she was going. Oh, honey, I'm so thankful God knows me. I'd have died. Because <laughs> she was speaking to hundreds, and I'm like, that ain't me. Okay, I was jelly for a little bit, about 30 seconds. <laughs> and God's like, Mick, you've never been one to speak to hundreds of people. You've never gone for the gold. Why is your evangelism any different? It was based on relationships. I was in a little bitty suburb, and we went every day to the same. I went to the same house, which was a house ministry, which I grew up in in the faith, so it was really cool. And the people there... We went to homes every True. day talking to just folks. Now, you're jumping ahead, so I'm going to stop stop you right there because that's question two. But, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to try to keep this in the, in the guardrails, but this was your first trip, right? This was my first trip yeah, with so, an, a, an organization. Yeah, yes. so, so, so how did that work? Like, what, explain just quickly, like, why God, how God moved well, to get you to... Actually, to the place. Most of the time when go. God wants me to go somewhere, he brings someone mm -hmm. to actually say, hey, let's do this. Let's go here. Used to be Beth. Well, Beth ain't doing that no more. So this time it was Sarah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, Lord, I need to pray about it. Sure. And he goes, yeah, I want you to go. And I'm like, well, okay, Lord. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is I'm also the kind of person needs confirmation. And lots of it. Yeah. So the actual raising of funds, I tried my little ways here and there. And God's like, yeah, okay. And I'm stressing out because it's getting closer and getting closer. And I don't have them. And it's like, okay, Lord, sure. I can't do this. If you want me to go, you need to do it. And the very next day, I had dinner with a friend. And I was telling her, you know, about the trip and... How I was stressing over it and yada, yada, yada. And she goes, well, how much you need? And I'm like, you know, 2500 And she goes, well, I can do that. And I'm like, what? Hmm. She's like, I can't go. I believe God wants you to go. So here's me doing my wow. part. And I'm like, well, praise God. Hallelujah. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, and I love that. Just that it, even though you're going, you're actually a part of a community. 
right? Yes. You're in relationship, and in that relationship, God provided as well. And so that's yeah. the thing, like, you're like, well, I don't, you know, maybe I'll never go. Maybe not, but doesn't mean you can't help get someone to where God's calling or sending them. I love that, Mickey. Thank you. Sarah, same question to you. Why do you think it's important for Christians to go? Well, it's important because God tells us to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, You're a um, teacher, by the way, so she just bottom yeah. lines everything. So God That's tells good. you to go, so you go. Um, several years ago, uh, one of my best friends works for International Commission, who is the group we went with, and she is Brazilian. And so she said, you need to come to Brazil and meet my family and stuff. And I was like, good. And that was the year that Shelby got her pain condition. And God stopped it. And for years, we traveled during the summer for to take care of Shelby and and then Parker was growing up so it wasn't a green light to go and so at the beginning of this summer she's like I planned it in June you can go right and I was like we don't have the money to go at all like don't have it and she's like listen God tells you to go if he doesn't want you to go he'll stop it you won't get the money and so I came before the church, and I will say that one person sitting over here, I'm not going to name them, but was my first giving money. When I shared with the church, she came up, gave me $50. It was my first start. I put it on Facebook that I was raising money, and in, um, in the first 54 minutes, I had $500 towards my trip. Y'all came together. We did the, the pork supper. That came on, and then another... Um, member of our, our, our community um, called me and said, how much do you have left? I was like about $900 and she sent the 900. It was all God. I didn't do anything except be faithful that I was supposed to try and go. And he didn't stop me. He opened the door and I went. That's good. Yeah. And so again, it's the, you put your, you, you put your faith and trust in what God wants to do is what I hear you saying. And he's always faithful to kind of make it work out. So and all the logistics. That's good. Thank you guys for sharing. It's Carmel, back to you. So now just a little bit more of just the story of what you can talk about. I know some of what you, some of what you did is a little sensitive just based on the nature of where you were serving. So, you know, but what did God do in you while you were serving overseas? And what did God do through you? And just tell the story. Oh, wow. Um, well, on, on every mission trip or disaster relief trip I go on, he always I, I, I grow tremendously uh, in his grace he always shows me his goodness in every situation uh, that I'm in or that I go to and this time was no different um, I don't know if a lot of y'all know that 80% of Ukrainians are Christians Wow, and that touched me so much that um, I finally ended up calling the director and talking to him, and he was telling me this. Um, those were Christians that were being run out of their home, run out of, out of their, the only place that they, most of them had lived their whole life, um, and they needed support. They needed support from other Christians. So my trip was a little bit different because I wasn't um, witnessing to or preaching the gospel to, they already knew it. I was showing love and compassion, and I was reminding them where their hope comes from. And there was a language barrier. We did have some um, interpreters. Uh, We had a Russian a Romanian, and, uh, and a Ukrainian most of the time. But I did learn how to use Google Translate very well. <laughs> but I got to tell you, it does not like my Texas accent. <laughs> they, we need to Google Translate I, I, for Texas accents, exactly, I think. Exactly. A lot of times they just kind of laughed <laughs> at the, the translation it did. But, but I got to tell you, it, it doesn't matter what language someone speaks if you speak different languages when you're praying or you're being prayed over you know you know what is being said God touches your heart he touches those that you're praying over that they don't understand but they just know because God is the middle person there he is going before you, and he is telling them 
basically what you're saying. Uh, and I truly believe, because I know I, and we got prayed over too, I, I, these people were so gracious, so beautiful, um, and they were coming across the border. And yes, there's not a whole lot. Um, I couldn't take pictures because of the sensitivity of it. It, it was, Ukrainian is considered a war zone. Um, but I tell you what, there was a lot of activity at the border, a lot of people, a lot of tents, a lot of military, um, a lot of officers. But when they saw our tent, they just melted into our arms because they knew they were safe in the arms of Jesus. They knew that we were safe because of who we serve. Um, they, I heard a lot of horror stories about what was happening in their home, about them seeing people um, murdered in front of them. I heard a lot. But by the time that they told their story and we prayed over them, they had their peace back in their heart. Their situation had not changed. Don't get me wrong. They still were in a foreign country with only a bag. One bag is all most of them. And most of them had been walking for quite some time. The, uh, we had a tent set up there at the border. Um, and as soon as that, and we had a lot of cots, which people even stood or stayed overnight in these cots because they were so exhausted mentally, physically, and yes, even spiritually, they were exhausted. But we, um, there was a team of six of us from across the, the uh, country that went. Um, I didn't know anybody when I said yes. I didn't know what this was going to look like when I said yes. I did get my husband's blessing <laughs> to go. He knew that it was so important to me because every time I do go, I, I'm, I, like I said before, I just grow in grace. Yeah. Um, and it just makes me a stronger Christian mm -hmm. uh, to go. Um, we had Bibles in English, Romanian, Ukrainian, and Russian. We handed out hundreds of Bibles, hundreds of Bibles, and we prayed over hundreds of people. Wow. Um, and it was just, it just touched my heart just to see that God was in control. No, their situation hadn't changed, but I just knew that if they kept their faith in sure. who they believe in, they were going to be okay. It was heartbreaking. To, we, we helped them find um, transportation. There was a lot of um, churches that were set up as uh, facilities for them to go to. Uh, we did get to see and go visit quite a few of those uh, facilities. We got to interact with some of the Ukrainians and the Romanians. Beautiful people, beautiful people. But I, um, I just knew that when I watched them drive away in a van, that they were going to be okay. Hmm. They were going to be okay in God's name. That's good. In God's name. That's good. And what I, what I love when I hear you, we've heard, I've heard this a little bit already, but what I love, again, it just stands out to me is your trip was a little different, yes. but so needed. And the reality of it is it was so needed because of the geopolitical and the war that's, uh, stuff that's going on there. But all Christians, ourselves included, need to be reminded of the goodness of the gospel. And no matter what's going on, whether it's in Ukraine or in your home, um, that's just as needed as telling someone who maybe doesn't know about Jesus. And so appreciate your, your bravery in going and, and, and being willing to say, you know what, I'm supposed to do this. No, God, I feel like you're doing this. And like, 
it's really hard to unsign yourself from a trip, what you said that you were going, but to see how God used that, I, I thought it was just really good, Carmel. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Mickey, same story, or same question. What did God do through you and in you while you were in Brazil serving? Well, um, first of all, this it was different from the other trips that I've made. I was not the worker bee hmm. this time, the little grunt doing stuff. It was more evangelism and totally new because, you know, I was used to just living the Christian life in front of people, not talking about it, yeah. not telling my story. But I'll tell you what, it was amazing because, you know, my translators probably knew my story better than I did by the time we were done. <laughs> and they were just, you know, I thank God for them. But it was amazing to see the people who didn't know Jesus come to him. But it was also, we were an encouragement to a lot of uh, Catholic brethren that, you know, already knew him in some ways, some ways not knew of him. But what really touched me so much was the hunger for God's word there. It just was so amazing. And I loved being a part of it. But what really touched me was the fact that there were, there were two families that really touched my heart. There was a little boy who, he was about 10 years old. And his mama was just a sweet lady. And he was, Arturo was her youngest son. And a sweet little boy, but didn't know Jesus. And through the Evangelicube, I was able to present to him the story of Christ. And he was just like, fascinated. And I was like, oh. And, you know, he, I was like, do you, well, do you want to know this, Jesus? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, praise God. I really felt a part of that. Wow. And then uh, another family where uh, Welby, who was the lady I stayed with, it was like her adoptive family because she never got married. And these, she had the mom and five kids and the dad. Well, the dad never wanted anything to do with God. And I went in there and just told my story. And he actually asked some questions. And then I asked him, I said, you know, if you died tomorrow, do you know where you'd go? And he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, don't you want to know? Don't you want to be sure? And he was like, well, yeah. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I know your family. They're all saved. They know where they're going. Don't you want to know you're with them when it's your time? And he was like, yeah, I want to know that. And so it was amazing to be a part of that. And I just, I loved it. That's good. That's good. But, you know, I also know that that the whole time I was there, relationship was the big thing for me. I had, when we left, I had three or four families come up to me and say, I'm going to miss you so much. Next time you come, you stay with us. And I'm like, oh. Isn't that great? <laughs> so it was a totally different experience for me. But it was awesome being in God's will. That's good. Mickey, thank you so much. And I, I love this, the theme, like you're already so hardwired for a relationship. It's who you are, and a lot of times you're like, I don't know what God, how God would use me on the field. He uses you exactly as who He's made you to be, and you see that, hear that. I hear that in 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 your in how you just answered that. Thank you so much, Sarah. Same question to you. So, with International Commission, they do a project ahead of time. All the churches um, that we visited do a project called Operation Andrew. So, kind of think there's one big church that we went to in um, 
San Jose de Rio Puerto, and then we were dispatched from there to their new satellite churches, basically. So uh, Mickey, like she said, we were ex we exchanged churches. They did it for us, and it ended up being a perfect match because Mickey was paired with Welby, who is a single woman who is a church planner and a home ministry. And then I, um, in the afternoons, drove an hour north into like rubber tree plant farm area, which I didn't know rubber tree was a real thing. Anyways, learned that. And um, so it's I went a to thing. a small, <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Um, so I went to a small farming community. And what Operation Andrew is, is that that church where I went had um, maybe 25, 30 regular attenders. And each of them had made a list of people in their community that were close to them, but far from God. And so they set up visits for us. And I was thinking, how is this going to go? Well, they knew exactly why I was coming. They knew that there was an American coming to share her story and tell them about Jesus. And they were so gracious. Um, Coca-Cola is like wine there. They have great pride in serving you Coca-Cola. Um, <laughs> every family like pulls out the Coca-Cola or Guadana. Guaranar. Um, yeah, so it's really funny. And they they don't drink very much. They drink like this much at a time. So they come out with like a shot of Coca-Cola. Um, Whoa, so, I don't know if we need to be talking wines and shots on Mission Sunday. I'm just well, saying. Well, it is. It's, I mean, seriously, it is like, and so one of the funny stories is. Or maybe we do. I don't know. <laughs> this one family that had very, very little um, came out with juice glasses. She was holding them at the top and it it looked like Coca-Cola, and it was coffee. So I went like this, and was like, hot, hot, hot. <laughs> so, um, so we would go. Um, so that was my afternoons and evenings, is that I drove with Luciano, my driver, and Gabrielle, who was a 17-year-old um, young Brazilian, who was my interpreter. And um, by Tuesday, I said, so are you um, tired of my story? He's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because we had so many visits. Um, in the mornings, I served um, one satellite church as well as the main church and went to big, big audiences like schools. I went to a drug um, rehab center. Um, on Sunday morning, they have church Sunday nights. And um, Brazil is mainly Catholic, but there's a strong voodoo spiritism presence. They have incorporated um, like native... Indian practices that are very idol worship, um, voodoo in practice, um, into the Catholic Church. And so people know of Jesus, but they don't know Jesus, kind of like Mickey reference. So um, that was very telling. So we, I got to go to, but I mean, it was amazing to go into a public school. And I'm going to share what we, the Evangel Cube at the end. But, um, and so we kind of just, I just would tell my story. And the response was amazing. So for our week, there were eight of us that went. There were um, 684 professions of faith. Wow. And I personally had 118 people pray with me to receive Christ and six rededications. <laughs> wow. That was a lot, by the way. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's God, not me. So we, they gave us this. They take our testimony. They turn it into Portuguese. And so it, we leave this with them so they can remember the story. Um, we also were able to gift them with some neat things. Miss Ellen made us these amazing cards that said, Jesus loves you in Portuguese, and they loved them. These people wow. are very content, but they have very, very little. Uh, dirt floors, one room, two room, three room, you know. Um, I learned to use a different type of toilet system. And, uh, <laughs> and the food was very yummy. I did not get sick, so thank you, thank you for praying for that. That's um, good. So, yeah, so we would leave this with them, and um, we had gospel bee bracelets, and there were several people that couldn't read, and they said, um, you know, I can't, I'd give them this, and they're like, I, I, no, no, I don't read. And I'm like, well, I have this, and I can show you the story of Jesus here so you can remember, and they were overjoyed. It was, it was amazing, and when I told them I was from Texas, they go, oh, yeah, that medical doctor, Houston, 600-pound life. That's what they know about Texas, y'all. <laughs> Just saying. That's so funny. <laughs> it was funny. And the people are gracious and kind. Um, at the Baptist school, I went to First Baptist Rio Puerto and um, talked to their high schoolers and told them my story. And 
one of the students asked, so what's the difference between telling, talking about Jesus in America to somebody and coming here and talking to Jesus? And I said, you know what? The Brazilian people are so gracious. They're so responsive. They're so, if they disagree, they know how to disagree appropriately. And I said, and in America, that's a lost art. You say something to somebody, and it can be vicious. And so we are scared as Americans to share our faith, but yet God tells us to. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and, you know, what you said, you know, if you don't know, like the church, the church, the universal church of Jesus, all, that's been connected all throughout the beginning of at the Great Commission, what I read earlier to now, and what will be continuing on tomorrow, in the southern hemisphere, the church is exploding. And so it's I'm not surprised at all of what you just said, Sarah. And so what I love, too, is just, again, like you see kind of just how things are. It's all done in relationship. That's what we want to do in missions. Missions are all done in relationship. And then, two is that each of who these ladies are, God used that to serve very specific ways and specific needs. And so uh, we've got one more question. We're a little short on time, so I'm going to limit to just sharing of the one. But, like, for us right? In the room, you're like, well, I've never been on a trip, or it's been so long since I've been on a trip, or I'm not in a stage of life where I could go on a trip, or everything in between those points, right? I'm so busy. It's the start of the school year. I'm barely just trying to get the lunches packed. I'm, you know, I've got so much stuff to do at work. What is one thing that each of you would share that encourage us um, to maybe think about how you could be Jesus's hands and feet here, or to even think about maybe uh, being risky and going somewhere abroad in the next year or so. I'm just curious. We can work our way back down. The, yeah, we can okay. just work our way back down, Sarah, since you just started. Yeah, I'm like, I, I have something to say about that. <laughs> so um, one of the evangelism techniques that we were trained on is super easy, y'all. And you can do it to anybody you know. And so you basically choose two adjectives that describe your life before you know Jesus. And then you phrase that you know Jesus in the middle. And then two um, how your life has changed. So for example, before I knew Jesus, I was very materialistic and I believe very self-centered, but then Jesus changed my life and now I have peace and I am content. Do you have a story like that? It just opens up a conversation and that's a great way to quickly build a relationship with anybody. You don't have to go far to do that. You can do that with somebody, you know, that's good. Thank you, Sarah. Mickey, what would you say? Well, I would say that even if you don't feel led to go overseas or every, you know, we are led to go here where and bloom where we're planted, kind of thing. And even if you don't feel comfortable with that, we always need people to be a part of our missions. And I want to thank all of you who gave to all of us. So it was amazing. But, you know, this is God wants you to be a part of it. Y'all are a part of everything we did down in, in Brazil. Amen. Y'all are part of that when you give. And hopefully you'll continue because we want to go back. And we want you to come with us. <laughs> and you want us, right, you know. If you can't come with us personally, be a part of it. Okay? That's good. Carmel? Well, like I, I, like I said earlier, you don't have to go halfway around the world um, like we did. Even we were called for that. Um, you can be Jesus' hands and feet right here. Right here. Right here in church. You know, if you're feeling that tug on your heart or that maybe I should help out with the, the, the children. You know, that, that's not a coincidence. God's pulling on your heart and telling you, I know it's uncomfortable. It's maybe not something that you're used to doing, but that's him pulling on your heart saying, step out in faith. Step out in me and, and, and go and do this. You know, we, we have lots of things in the church in Arlington, Texas, mm -hmm. that need um, people to hear our stories. People need to see our love. Uh, when we serve, we point people to Christ. And that plant seeds, um, and it, it grows. 
their faith. It grows God's kingdom. So, you know, like I said, just step out in faith sure. and, and, and make it happen. Also, another way, a hurricane season is coming up. Um, well, we think, uh, you know, <laughs> but and that's basically how I got started was with the Southern Baptist um, Convention Disaster yeah. Relief Team. Yeah. They have training. Go look them up. Go get your training the next time there's a call out. We've been called out to the fires. We've been called out to the flooding. Everybody needs to be fed. Laundry needs to be done. That's what you do. You go after a hurricane. You, you mud out someone's home. So go look it up. Go get training. Um, if that's something you're interested in, come talk to me. Um, I'll show you, you know, how, how to do it. But it's very fulfilling um, to serve the Lord. That's good. That's good. Thank you, guys. Can we give them a round of applause, please? Thank you guys so much for, for talking today. And I know we're going to get to your thing. Um, and just So there you go. Like, so how we think about missions at Crossroads is, one, there's opportunities inside the room. There's also lots of opportunities outside. You don't have to turn it off. They'll just mute it. Because uh, I turn that off and it feedbacks and I get in trouble. So I want to save you from that. I break stuff around here. That's what I do. But, um, but there's also opportunities outside the room as well to serve. You know, so just intern, if you're thinking, you know what, I, would I don't know if I ever will go. But I need, to, I need to serve and do something. You know, like here we have, you know, opportunities in the cafe. We have opportunities with greeters. We have kids, uh, men that always is uh, in need of people that just shepherd kids. Uh, we have the safety team as well, just health and safety. If someone falls and needs a Band-Aid, like that's what they're here for. And then production, you know, like uh, the production booth, they serve so faithfully back there. And they have one of the largest impacts and how things are done on the screens and on the stage and how it sounds. And so there's always an opportunity there externally. Uh, wanted to share those as well. Um, uh, we have the school supply drive right now that's going on. Well, here's what I, I always thought school supplies were like one and done. Like you drop them off and they're good. But someone told me, you know, actually those get exhausted pretty quickly. And so there's more needs for school supplies beyond just the initial ask. Right, and so that's an opportunity. Um, we have a national night out that's happened in the town of Pantigo that we want to have a presence at, just to be the church in the neighborhood. Like that's coming up on in October. We have the angel tree that we've done at Christmas. We have Bruce and the Caris House that he does with homelessness. Uh, we have people in our church that serve international students at UTA. We want to continue to join them in that. That's an opportunity. We have disaster relief that Carmen already talked about. We have someone that serves and does translations with Withcliffe. We have lots of opportunities of ways to serve the people that are already doing it. So one, I want to say thank you. And then two, I just want to ask, ask God, it's a tithe. You know, we're not commanded to tithe, we're commanded to be generous. And I would ask you, God, where is it that you want me to be generous with my time? Where do you want me to be generous with what you've given me uh, financially? But also, where do you want me to be generous with how you've made me to be and just the skill set that I have? It's just a simple thing. What I've always, what I've heard in your stories and in what I've always experienced this. I think I'm going to do these awesome things on the trip or where I serve, and I do. God does it way more inside of me than just what I do. Like he blesses me because you give him room, and then who knows what God's going to do with the room that, he, that you give him. Amen. Amen. So I hope this has been encouraging. We're going to end. The band's going to come back up. But Sarah is going to do uh, her uh, evangelism cube. You know, she talked about, how many, what was it, 118? Yes. 118 and then six rededications. And so this was the tool that she's given. So she wanted to demonstrate that with you. And so don't let this be a mental exercise where like, oh, that's good for them. And I'm just going to kind of move on into my everyday life. Let this be a pebble in your shoe that reminds you you're needed. You're wanted. You're valued. And someone that is your counterpart, whether it's in here or out there, needs to hear your story and needs to be reminded of the love of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Do we have the slides? Yes, no? we do have okay. the slides, and I'm going to get you a stand. Thanks. Okay, so I'm going to present to you exactly what... To all the other group. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. I need to stand to do it because I always had to stand. Um, 
So I'm going to present to you exactly what I presented when I um, would do this with a group. It takes about five minutes to go through, and then the band's going to um, play when we pray. So basically, I would go in, and um, I would either lead with a question of, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? Or... If they were very familiar with why I was there, I would say, you know, I traveled all this way from Texas to share with you the story about how God changed my life. And so I use this cube, it's called an Evangel Cube, to tell the story, and apparently there's slides that should pop up as well. Yes? Okay. So that's the first one. Okay. So I, I tell them a little bit about myself, and I say, um, you know, I grew up in a in a family that had money and lost money, had money and lost money. And when I went to the university, I thought that um, getting material things and living that life was what was important. Um, but in freshman of, uh, when I was a freshman, October of my freshman year, my dad lost all of his businesses. He went into $2 million in debt in 1988. And so we went from having houses and boats and cars to being homeless in 24 hours. And Although there were some situations that stepped in to not leave us without a roof over our heads, everything that I thought was important was shaken. And so I'm going to tell you the story that my roommate told me. Now, I'd grown up going to uh, many different churches. We were like every denomination under the sun through, this, through the years. But I knew who Jesus was, but I did not know Jesus. And so using the cube, this is man. Man is sinful, and he is dark and not perfect. And on this side is God. God is holy. He's amazing. He's perfect. But there's a big chasm in between. And why is there a chasm? Because a holy God cannot take something that is imperfect into its presence. So in the Old Testament, the Bible tells us that sacrifices were given to please God and to be closer to God. But then God changed the story, and he set one ultimate sacrifice for all, and he sent Jesus. So Jesus came to earth. He walked the earth as a man. He claimed he was the king of the Jews. He claimed he was the son of God. And he claimed that he would raise himself from the dead. Now, if somebody walked into Pantego or Arlington, Texas, and said they would raise themselves from the dead, you would be like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you'd think they're a little crazy. Well, at the time, the leaders did too. And so they buried him in a tomb. And they put a big, huge rock in front of the tomb. They strapped it down. They put soldiers on either side so that either the disciples wouldn't steal his body and say, look, here he is, or so that he wouldn't raise again. But according to scripture, he did raise again. He came back to life. And in 1 Corinthians 15, it tells us that he not only appeared to the disciples, but he also appeared to more than 500 people, which is a lot of witnesses to know that this story is true. And so because he did raise again, he created a path to God. Now we have a straight path where we can be made holy and be with a holy God and that it would forgive our sins. It would forgive everything. It, that sacrifice covers us. But that sacrifice is a gift. The Bible says in Ephesians that um, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It is a gift from God so that no one should boast. So I can't say it's something I did. I couldn't be good enough. I couldn't please God by giving money. That's not what it was about. It is a simple gift. And so the question to you today is, do you want this gift? Have you ever received this gift? Now, I know today that we're sitting in church and many of you have received this gift. But I also know that probably some of you, this is new information. That it hasn't ever been clear that this is a true gift and it's something that you receive and it's a one-time receive. You receive. And you receive it by saying the prayer or praying along with exactly the prayer that my roommate led. And I'm going to lead it, and so I'm going to ask the band to play. And today, I'd like everybody to bow their heads, and I want you to pray along with me. And um, so if you have received this gift, but you don't feel like you're living for Jesus, we'll talk about that in our prayer as well. But prayer is just talking to God. It's not looking around. It's not um, anything except you telling God what you believe. And so I'm going to lead us through a prayer. If you have not received this gift 
I would love for you to receive this gift today and get right with God. So here we're going to pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for sending the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus, your son. I thank you that you made a way that I can be holy. And Lord, I'm a sinner. I don't do things right. And Lord, I need your sacrifice so that I can be holy and pure. And I accept that gift, Lord. I thank you and I praise you for the gifts and talents you have given me, Lord. And I surrender my life to you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I thank you and praise you. And dear Lord, maybe I'm not, maybe I have this gift, Lord, and I just need to be right with you. Lord, I just ask that you would start working on my heart and that you would um, remind me how much you love me and that you care for me. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I would like to know. So I'll be here after. If you want to come and tell me that this was the day that you decided that Jesus was your Savior, that would be awesome. If not, tell Tyler, tell Travis, tell a staff member, tell Tanya, tell whoever you're comfortable with. But it's amazing that this gift can be received, and it's nothing we do except ask for it. Thank you. Would you guys stand great way to wrap this up. Jesus, Lord of my salvation, Savior of my soul, send me out to the world to make you known. Broke.
wanna be your voice every time I speak. Wanna run to the ones in need. In the name of Jesus, I wanna give my life away. All for your kingdom. say ladies thank you so much for sharing about what God did in you and through you and I just want to say think about the idea that Sarah said that she said that prayer with 118 imagine what it would be like if more than just three went out I think that could make a huge difference and I think we can all make a difference it doesn't matter because I would just want to read a scripture over with you and then a declarative statement and that's all I'm going to say today but Romans 10, starting in 13, says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Today you are sent. As you leave today, Remember that you are sent into the world to respond to the command that Jesus gave, not suggestion. So today, go out there, be a light to this world, because the next verse says, uh, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I think y'all have some pretty beautiful feet. So let me pray for y'all, and then you guys can head out. Father God, I want to thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you that you call us and that you believe in us, that you trust in us to go and share your word. So Lord, I pray that we would be able to, to go out, to, to walk around, to share the gospel, whether it's, it's here locally or you call us to other nations or other places. But Lord, I pray that we would have the faith, the confidence and the assurance that you have sent us just the way that you sent these three ladies and confirmed through providing every finance, every dime, every penny that they need. And Lord, I know that you can do that for anybody in this room. So Lord, I pray that we would respond to the call that you give each and every one of us to share your name, to see people's lives saved so those that do not believe can hear you and believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you all for being here. If this is your first time with us, we would love to meet you. We have a welcome board right out front here. We'd love to just be able to talk to you uh, out there. Some of our pastors will be out there. Um, also, if you are a... Um, usual member of our church and like to give we do have our offering in the back you can give through that way you can also give on our app as well as online we encourage you to do so and then uh if you have any prayer requests you can also 